Hello, Tom. Hello, Heron. So, I think this might be one of those 0.5 Stone Ape recording editions. Well, it, Just, it's we'll see what happens. Miserable here. What, what is it? It's exactly the same here, and yeah. we're recording what an hour and fifteen minutes later than I originally anticipated. So, yeah. Well, we in, well in, we originally anticipated case. a cancellation. So, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, it depends on what you mean by originally. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, and maybe we'll talk about other stuff as well. Actually, before <laughs> you go on, I actually have something I want to say. Oh, okay, certainly. It's just really simple. I've been watching, uh, I'm still watching it. I stopped watching it to have this conversation, but a movie called The Fairy Tale Castles of King Ludwig II. Oh, interesting. A documentary, okay. uh, an hour and a half long or something like that, about, you know, well, you're, I assume, somewhat familiar with King Ludwig. Of course. And, uh, well, I wasn't that familiar. Well, actually, I was unfamiliar with him except uh, for his eccentric architecture and stuff. Anyway, it's just a real interesting documentary about his, about his fate, his life, his work. Proclivities. Yes. You know, uh, I've been watching it, and it's the first thing I've seen in quite some time. Actually, I've decided I think I'm going to only watch documentaries for a while. I think that's a very civilized choice. Yeah, yeah. No matter how bad it is, at least it's not somebody's imagination. Well, some of the documentaries are somebody's imagination, but we'll, well move even, a little bit beyond that. Well, yeah, in, yeah but in any case, it, it's um, that's what I'm going to do. So that's very all. Good. That's very uh, nothing more. So the recording last week for folks listening in to give some kind of preamble and postamble associated with that. I put about six hours into reading the various legislation, watching countless YouTube interviews of mixed quality. I think you probably picked up on at least one of those. And just trying to get a sense of what this whole thing was about, because I feel in some regard indebted to Lorenzo Haggerty. I think Lorenzo Haggerty has given me tens, if not hundreds of hours of amazing audio including introducing me to Terence McKenna, which I think has been very important in our conversations as well, Heron. So when Lorenzo was going to talk about this particular proposition, I had already read the... Well, I hadn't read the legislation to the detail that he had, and he provided me a lot of additional references, but I wanted to give it a go in a recording mm. form. Yeah. And when we came to this recording, I kind of had a sense that you might play the role that you played. You played yeah. the role that you played very diligently. And it turns out this is yeah. exactly what Lorenzo wanted. He wanted you to be exactly who you are, uh-huh. and he then posted his Psychedelic Salon podcast on Wednesday and yeah. sent me an email saying he really loved, you know, what we'd done, countless apologies to you, and I thought, well, that's rather curious. Anyway, so I then listened to the salon, and we're talking at basically 11 o'clock at night here, and it was an hour and 15-odd minutes. And about 40 minutes in, and I kept fast-forwarding it because I'd seen the videos and stuff that he was referencing, I heard your voice. And I thought, this is very strange. And I rewound, and then I heard my voice. And then I realized that actually what he'd done is he'd taken our conversation and removed some of it. It was very curious, the bits that he chose to remove. And then he injected his own narration through some of it as well. Without even bothering to inform anybody well, what he was this doing. Is where it gets curious because... <laughs> it's a little odd. Well, if you look at the history of podcasts, and this is where it gets difficult because initially he did announce in spoken audio how they could get to Stone Ape. And he intentionally yeah. didn't mention you by name. He used a terminology associated with you to make his point in the discussion. Mm-hmm. And he also cut 
a, a bit of the audio, including my... Well, he caught the end of my analogy with Basil, which I think is very important in terms of what legal herbs look like. But also, he cut some of the discussion associated with Hillary Clinton and some of the political discussion. Yeah. And he left it in an interesting form, but the centre of his narration was associated with an extended Vladimir Putin quote. And the whole thing, it just... It was interesting, and I understand what he was doing. A Vladimir Putin quote? You clearly haven't listened to this audio, Heron. So <laughs> I'm not sure whether I'd recommend you to go back to listen, but it was curious for me as well because I kind of predicted the way the conversation would go. But one of our listeners, yeah. and this is, I need to explain how this thing happened. So Saturday afternoon, oh, it's Sunday morning it must have been, I got a friend request from uh, a woman called Claire who I'd had no communication with previously. And her Facebook account looked like a fake account. So it was very easy to say, I don't know this person. Then about a day later, which I think was Monday or Tuesday, I got a request from Claire to join the Stonate Facebook page. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. And yes, it's the same Claire. And I thought, okay, well, maybe she's not a bot or maybe she is a bot. And I clicked on her profile and she had this, what, three or four paragraphs addressed to me, which I then posted on the Stone Ape Facebook page. And Claire has not had any contact with the internet, or I don't know, but my impression is that she hasn't gotten online since she posted this thing and asked to join the Stone Ape Facebook page. But the thing about it was that... Um, <laughs> so the feedback is curious. Let's just put it that way. So th this thing you posted... There mm -hmm. it is what she wrote mm -hmm. on her Facebook page. Yes. She didn't send it as a message to well, you. Well, she couldn't because we weren't friends. And obviously, when I rejected her friendship through Facebook, oh, I see. this okay. was her means of communicating. Oh, this whole thing is quite bizarre. It's beyond bizarre, which is yeah. why I wanted to give it to you in that kind of format. <laughs> the thing that fascinated me about it was I've received piecemeal elements of this feedback previously not so derogatory and not so you know focused on certain areas but i just thought this is uh, if nothing more something to get people talking well let's go i've always pissed people off yeah. um i um i'm a little surprised but i mean not totally surprised you know but i'm surprised they hang around I, I, my sense is you know Quit listening if you don't like. Well, what's interesting know? through this is that some of her feedback, and here again, my my spiritual advisor tells me that I shouldn't say the words Andy Dixon out loud, but I will say the words Andy Dixon because he is getting together feedback. Some of the feedback that Claire provided, the more flattering feedback, in fact, was exactly the feedback, and here I mean actually the more flattering feedback, not being ironic and meaning the less flattering feedback. Here, this was feedback that Andy Dixon had provided to me as well. But also I wanted to get serious listener feedback. And instigating that by posting this was, <laughs> I thought. Well, see, what I originally thought is that you wrote it. Oh, no. It's specifically to stir shit up. My spiritual advisor, as you did, thought it was my feedback. The funny thing about it is leaving the discussion particularly associated with Prop 64, I thought to myself, Aaron really just played a role in this discussion, and I was a little bit perturbed because I had put some time in. Mm -hmm. But then when I realised that you actually played a role that Lorenzo exactly wanted, I actually thought to myself, no, I've got to just take Heron at face value. I can't put emotional energy in the amount of time and stuff that I put into these things. Heron just is Heron, 
And if people don't yeah, like I'm the way Yeah, I'm just not interested. I don't find that a compelling topic, yeah. you know? Yeah. And since we're here to have a conversation exactly. for, to entertain us, Certainly. that's my reaction Certainly. to that. But also, I think, <laughs> I think I felt complicit in the situation because I also felt that I was trying to do something for Lorenzo Haggerty. And in doing what I thought went off the rails, it actually worked out perfectly for him. Well, I don't, I don't like that, actually. Okay. Let's talk about that. I feel like that. I'm being manipulated. Or, Let's talk you know, about that. Yeah. So the use of audio through podcasts is something that goes back maybe. Oh, I know. There's, I, listen, yeah. I don't give a shit about the legality and no, the no, no, precedence or I'm any of that other crap. That. I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm talking about that when we produce these things, yeah. whether people put dance music beats over it or reverse it or chop it up or make rap songs out of it, or whatever they do with the audio, if they attribute it, if they say noble8.com slash stone, if they attribute it, yeah, then I feel less concerned than someone just taking it, or taking the raw ideas and not giving any form of attribution. Well, and plus, uh, you know, when you take stuff out of context, who knows how the hell you're going to make it appear? I don't know. I well, yeah, that, that also, to be honest, initially... It wasn't that I was taken aback. I just wasn't expecting our audio to actually be used in the recording, and particularly because he didn't have any of the links on the front. He's since amended that. He's put up a link. I put to him in a Twitter post that he used us covertly initially, and then he realized that was because he hadn't put the link in, and we had some correspondence associated with that. We need to be comfortable going forward as we do this thing, if we do continue to do it in yeah. this format, yeah. that people may, and people may take it. People will do whatever the exactly. hell they do. Exactly. You know, but I can still have my opinion Without about question. It. Without question. <laughs> and I think, um, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even interested enough really to go listen to what this they is what did I was thinking. It. This is exactly what I was thinking. So, I mean, you know, if I yeah. start to get some blowback from it, yeah. then maybe I'll, I'll have another opinion, you know, I but I mean, any... if I never hear about it again, yeah. that's fine with me. I was actually very surprised that I've received no correspondence associated with this. I think a majority of Lorenzo's listeners don't exist in the state of California and a majority probably turned off early on. We were parts of an extended rant is probably a hard term, but it did feel in some places like a rant associated with Monsanto and these kind of things. <laughs> and my perspective is we probably would have been turned off through this period. Well, that's the, not really important, well, actually. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just the idea of it. I mean, if, if I'm going to be used as an example of something, mm. I'd like to be involved in that process. Mm. I think that's I don't think that's unfair mm. to ask. Mm. You know, I have no idea what I'm present. You know, I mean, I know how I talk, and I yeah. know, uh, you know, I can be inflammatory. Certainly, but you, we were perfectly inflammatory at all the right points. Yeah, I guess yeah. from my perspective, in terms of disclosure, I didn't know the audio was going to go out, but I was. Lorenzo and I had had a conversation, and I said I was going to discuss this anyway, but I would discuss it in more detail based on what oh, I thought would yeah. be him saying. Yeah. And if you want to hear, you know, two other dudes talk about this, go and check out Stone Ape as opposed yeah. to using the audio yeah. and yeah. this kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I really, yeah, I, that, I, I feel used by this. <laughs> I don't like this feeling at all. Okay. Okay. You know, but I, I also realize like that that's tough shit, use, what or, I happen to feel. I guess. Do you feel that I'm complicit in this or do you feel that I'm independent of this? Um, well, you knew what was going on. I, I sure as hell didn't. Well, let's talk about this actually. I emailed you and said, I'm talking to Lorenzo here, Lorenzo's documents. I prefaced the conversation by saying, 
I've been asked to talk about this explicitly by Lorenzo Haggerty in the Psychedelic Salon. Now, my perspective is if I give you documentation, if I attribute it to Lorenzo, and if I acknowledge it verbally in the recording... Yeah, whether or not yeah, you choose listen, to listen I, i'm not interested yeah. enough in this to actually pursue it I, you know i don't really give a shit yeah. i mean really yeah <laughs> you know but uh, i just want to make perfectly clear that my disclosure i don't know i didn't know how lorenzo was going to use this and yeah. the injection the way in which he so i will it, assume yeah. your goodwill <laughs> very good that was certainly my intention yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's every man for himself Damn out skin. here, you know, Damn out here skin. in the frontier. Every every entity for itself. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the general correspondence that we received from listeners was all over the place. Some of it was very positive, some of it was, you know, <laughs> curious following this discourse. <laughs> but the funny thing is, actually, Lorenzo's publication is secondary to the listener feedback and the response to the listener feedback. Well, that, they're just two different issues. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm wondering if actually that topic is what infuriated the listener Claire sufficiently to write the diatribe. Well, I, the I language sure. would suggest she's been listening that, that she knows that Heron, I don't give a shit, Stone. <laughs> uh, you know, she, so whoever it is ha- already has some opinion as to who well, I am. They knew that you like, Claire knew that you like Korzybski as well. I mean, that yeah, indicates yeah, some right, degree yeah. of long-term listening, right? Yeah, I took some offense at that, at her uh, evaluation of my uh, <laughs> my knowledge of Korzybski. But, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, but well, we'll anyway. <laughs> so I guess the broader sense that I have from that feedback is... Clearly, we can disregard it, and we can kind of move. Listen, the only thing that counts is whether it's fun for you and I to talk. I agree. And I guess my concern here has been primarily associated with listener feedback that came even prior to your recent trip to the hospital, associated with you just sounding unwell and this kind of stuff. And I don't want you to feel that you're being set up in these circumstances. I want this to be a friendly conversation. Yeah. It being public, and then it being taken and, you know, redubbed and stripped and as as happened this week. I mean, if that is something that you find objectionable, then, you know, we can move this to a private discussion if need be. Well, um, I would just, you know, if people find that anything we are doing is of some value to them and they want to include it in what they're doing, I'd like to be involved in that process. Certainly. That's all. Okay. And now my perspective is similarly that if we are giving value to people and also... I mean, I'm not a consciousless, consciousless, conscious. Anyway, I'm not a, a blank entity in these circumstances. I mean, my perspective is the behaviors that have been described by various listeners don't really concern me. I mean, my perspective is if we have these conversations and you just say, I don't want to talk about that, or that's, you know, caterpillar business, or I'm done with caterpillar business, that's six years of discussion with you, right? I mean, that's not. <laughs> I've different, been saying that for ages. That's not different behavior, right? There's no change in these constants in our discussions. Well, uh, the other thing is, my opinions change over the time too about things yeah, and things yeah. that I may not have found interesting yeah. before. I may find interesting again sometime. You never yeah. can tell. Yeah. But I guess part of the dynamic is the topics that don't interest you. I mean, part uh-huh. of the dynamic is the ability to yeah. find topics that don't interest you and just continue with topics that do interest you. Wherever possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if some, yeah. well, again, and to talk about a topic, I mean, a topic might 
you know, I mean, really, it's all about presentation in some yes. ways, you know, depending on what I might find anything interesting. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, something that either turns me on or turns me off yeah. in a presentation. And, uh, you know, what can I say? And I think certainly the feedback that I've received over many years is even the most disgruntled listeners <laughs> still manage to keep tuning in somehow, or at least a majority yeah, why do. why do they do that? I don't understand that. I think it still gets them thinking in some regard. I mean, I guess even if we're irritating them with our accents or our <laughs> yeah, ideas. Yeah, that yeah, can, right. yeah your you accent's know. enough to piss almost any good exactly. red-blooded American off. Damn Skippy. <laughs> the alien invasion. The aliens are here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, all you got to do is add a Texas twang to it, and then you'd be just almost, <laughs> almost totally resistible. Yes, yes. In any case... So the phenomena of folks, I'm not sure whether Claire is rage quitting. I'm not sure what the scenario is. My perspective is it, when and if she gets back online, we might see a, a follow-up response to that. The kind of pile-on of people, you know, with various perspectives was interesting. But I'd also like to say, quite frankly, that all, you know, all the correspondence that we receive doesn't have to be people rage quitting. Like, we can receive correspondence that's just generally nice and actually, I've received a couple of bits of correspondence through the week mm. from folks that are Stonate listeners just saying that I've improved yeah. certain aspects of their lives. Yeah, right. It's really incredible. Yeah. Anything. Like I say, I get an email out of the blue every once in a while yeah. from somebody who stumbled onto something I did that helped them. And that is so encouraging yes. <laughs> when you get stuff like that. Yes. And, I mean, I encourage all of our listeners when they find things that are perturbing to them or... You know, we've had folk that have gone back and listened to what I call the gauntlet, which is going back to the pilot episode and listening all the way through and giving various bits of feedback and these kind of things. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> been a busy week. Well, you know, if, like I say, I think that the, the stuff we're doing is useful to some people. You yes. know, I, I don't think it's a huge audience, but, but uh, for some people, I think, you know, there, there's something here that, that's yes. of value. I mentioned a couple of recordings ago going to a Santa Cruz salon and meeting a woman at the start who was very interested in these podcasts. I sent her an email through the week with an introduction to the podcast, and she sent me back a very terse email response <laughs> indicating that she thought I'd confused her with another woman at the party. And I thought, well, that's a very curious response. Now I've befriended you on Facebook. I'm going to move you to acquaintance status and then briefly walk off into the sunset i think on that one because my hope was that this was a group of i guess well i mean she's run an alternative ted conference and i thought well you know maybe she might understand stone ape on some level but you live and learn <laughs> it's been a week of mixed feedback in well it was well like i say when i first read it i thought you had written it and then i thought no i, I would have spelt barbelay correctly i mean <laughs> no oh, no you I, wouldn't have that's, that's, that's precise. interesting yeah some of the. Some I mean, of the, once you start thinking that kind of paranoia, you know, there's there's no way in or out of it anymore. It's just you, you know? and me, Heron. All these supposed <laughs> listeners are just me faking them. Ron Paree, he's my midnight to one a.m. shift. Sorry, Heron just hits the mic. The whole thing goes to hell. Anyway, yeah. Shout outs to Ron Paree, actually. Shout outs to Ron Paree. Anyway. So, yes, unfortunately, I, I wish in some regard that I could have written Claire's feedback, but some of the vocabulary and some of the sentence structure just wasn't my own. And I actually pointed this out to my spiritual advisor when she, uh, and plus I don't read academic articles about people that 
Like that whole thing is just not something. What's that's the Shakespeare line? Methinks he uh, doth protest too much. To protest too much. Oh man, let's move on from that. <laughs> Thank you, Willie Shakespeare. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only recently realized that the end of Revolution Number Nine comes from King Lear, and now I've realized that because it always struck me as really curious. I just realized that I did realize that once, and then I'd forgotten it. Yes. You see? <laughs> and now I can't remember what the line is. Oh, what is it? Oh, sudden, it's not oh, sudden death. It's no, it's something like that. Anyway, you know, <laughs> listeners, email us, King Leo lines in. It's interesting because John Lennon was twiddling the radio dial, so it's not the complete dialogue. It's only certain segments yeah, of the Yeah, snippets dialogue. of it here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not oh, sudden death. It's something like that. Might be oh, sudden death. Anyway. Anyway, so I had a few other topics that I was thinking of raising, but I am in a relatively highly burnt out state and wasn't even <laughs> anticipating talking yeah. this evening. I just wanted to clarify because you posted today, I think, associated with who was this listener and why was the stuff, you know, where yeah. did this thing come from? Yeah, so yeah. well, to- it was really a sort of a surprise, you know, I mean, it was. <laughs> yes, I think it was sufficiently surreal. I thought about it after the fact, I mean, particularly after a couple of days, about why I had posted it at that particular time. Monday morning, particularly Monday morning, going into work is a very strange time for me. And if I put these yeah. strange connections together, I'm more likely to do things that are impulsive and in no way thought well, out. Well, I was struck by, I mean, how much sort of personal venom yes. was involved in it. And thinking, have they been <laughs> listening since the beginning and this has been building up or they'd heard one thing and I mean, that's interesting them actually off, because or? your your immediate response was to request a conversation with the listener and my yeah. immediate thought was actually that a conversation with this listener i mean anyone who can spell and assemble grammar to that level is probably going to be an interesting conversation oh it could well yeah one way or another it'd be great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, I mean, particularly from the part of Canada Claire comes from, I think it would be a very interesting conversation. So, yeah, certainly, listener Claire, by all means, take Heron up on his offer. Similarly, if you just want to talk to me because you're so... What what was the term? I don't give... Was it Heron, I don't give a fuck stone? Is that the line? Anyway, I don't give a shit stone. I don't give a shit I don't remember now. But, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there just are so many... Like this marijuana thing. You know, I'll vote one way or another. I don't yeah. think it's... I mean, really, like I said, I don't really give a shit about it. I mean, I guess the thing that interests me, which is what I stated in the recording, which is what Lorenzo put out, is associated with genuine research in this area. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that is like... And I use the dog analogy. I think the dog analogy is perfect. There is so much going on in the full spectrum of this plant to the way it is currently just irks me. And as you say, I mean, as yeah. you as you said perfectly, it's all to do with capitalism. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's, it's about you know, optimizing it, it, a thing it, it, for capitalistic purposes where yeah. a majority of the benefit could be lost in that process. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, right. As long as somebody can make a buck, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. let's go for it, man. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know, but that I still think that's better than putting me in jail. Well, I guess the concern <laughs> is that actually Prop 64 contains a lot more jail-related stuff than it well, should. Well, you know, there could be. Between now and, and whenever I, I – and if and when I decide to vote, um, you know, uh, who knows? You know, I mean, it's a crapshoot mm. <laughs> for me. You know, mm. when I'm faced with the actual choice, I will decide. People and and in the meantime, be- I'm gathering data yeah. and considering it. People seem to be becoming more and more concerned that President Trump is a, a distinct possibility. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, well, if well, you know, it may be time to leave. <laughs> you know, maybe it's time to go to Norway. Yeah. Or something. I mean, I think, it's, I think, know. as of this recording, Hillary's vice presidential person had been announced, and my perspective is that can only sway a, a number of voters in a particular direction away from her. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting times. That's what well, yeah. If, if God, if Trump gets elected, that would just be <laughs> oh shit. This is the brave new world that you and I have been talking about. Yeah, for six I'm not years, ready Darren. for it. <laughs> yeah. you know, I want to just go a little bit slower, please. Mm. It may, you know, may not be our choice. But I guess, I guess, when you live in the ben- well, I mean, when you live in an area that has reduced policing, even though they fly overhead, the notion of a police state just does seem to be like pure anarchy in this circumstance. <sighs> well, you know. Uh, the, 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 the end is coming. I mean, it's just a matter of time. I mean, you know, it depends yeah. on the time scale, whether we're talking about the next five years or the next 30 or 40 years. Mm. Uh, that, that makes a big difference, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll take 40, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so just gradually. Our listener Mott's posted through the week a podcast called Seriously Wrong, where all the vowels are taken out. Yeah. And I listened to one of those recordings, maybe two of the recordings, and it interests me actually that these two people talking about a variety of topics podcasts kind of ebbed and flowed through the podcasting format. When it first started, it was always, and typically it was spouse casts where two married people talk and people can narrate Heron and my relationships accordingly. But, and then it kind of died off and then it came back in terms of like two friends talking, which I guess we were part of as well. And it's interesting because I'm listening to more of these two people talking podcasts. And the thing that infuriates me is the missing of certain aspects, like certain critical aspects. I started listening to a group in Santa Cruz, missing large aspects and, in fact, echoing things that were almost cringeworthy. I did like Seriously Wrong. I think they're Canadian guys. But the the temperance of the voices was what irritated me about that. But I would thoroughly encourage folks, as Mox did, <laughs> to post podcasts. The that temperance they, of the... Yes. You mean there's, it's just monotone? It's there, not just no- monotone. It's single... In fact, I won't even be able to do it because the way I edit these shows actually eliminates the speech impediment that came through in the podcast. So I will not actually be able to characterise the speech impediment aside from saying that the person says individual words and then pauses for two to three seconds between each word at various times when they're thinking. And really? I think if that two is, or three seconds it's between words, disturbing. It's like you're oh. screaming the next word out. In well, your head. you know, no. Well, you know, I know exactly. You know, guys like Eckhart Tolle yeah. <laughs> spend a lot of time in yeah. silence uh, when they're talking. You know, <laughs> he at least I think typically will say at least half sentences. Well, yeah, I, yeah, that would be interesting to listen to. Yeah, well, the people people have very different strat. Their language machines, mm. you know, have very different strategies and, and impediments, you mm. know. But yeah. I mean, maybe Mott's complained actually when we started doing intro, or I started putting intros in that were actually like clips of the best of within mm-hmm. the recordings to give people a warm up in the first, you know, minutes of like these are the exciting topics that Tom and Heron will be discussing. <laughs> oh, Please do listen. So yeah. Mott's complained at that because he said that it all seemed to run on together. So my my impression of Mott's is that he actually likes occasionally listening to speakers that do pause in that kind of stance. And that was, you know, something that obviously appealed to him with these particular... Well, things. in any real conversation... Well, certainly it happens in my conversation. I mean, mm. when I'm talking to somebody new, for, I mean, not so much here, but... 
you know, other conversations, they, they're much more halting than, than you yeah. and I are talking. Here. I think people, I mean, I did public speaking classes from grade school. In fact, the whole issue of speaking, and we've talked about this previously with me, was taught to me from a very young age where I held bits of paper in front of my face because people thought, due to my various physical abnormalities, that I wouldn't be able to speak coherently. So they gave me intensive speaking and then public speaking classes, which just created the monkey you hear before you. And it's curious that this kind of almost linguistic programming, or at least understanding yeah. how one had to construct sentences and be quick and, you know, yeah. and it's interesting actually with my mind slowing down as well, <laughs> that I'm noticing these things impact. But you have more. a much better program machine now than you did then, say. I mean, the, the thing, it's, it's really well oiled machine. Well, by the machine now. Was it doesn't being need you then. anymore. <laughs> the machine was being programmed then, right? I mean, that was well, all it's still that early program, but I mean, yeah, that was its primary programming yeah. and, and it's been honed though. That's the point. It's, 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 it's an ongoing process and it's yeah. been ongoing for 40 years. So yeah. it's, it's getting fairly good at what it does. Hmm. Yes. It's miraculous that you know how old I am, Heron. I guess that's the past six years has in fact ingrained to you that there are. How old are you? I turned 40 this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it surprises me now that you mentioned. Yeah, it. it's like astonishing. <laughs> what the hell has he come up a basic <laughs> fact associated with Tom that is correct? Yeah, it's the same way you know we have we do navigation with the carbon in our cells and trial stuff. and error. <laughs> it looks like it's actual information. It's just a mistake that you finally got correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're bound to yeah hit one out of ten. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just happened. I could have said seventy. I could have said thirty. Very Who knows? Good. Very good. <laughs> Yes. But returning to the final stage associated with Prop 64, I'm fascinated by the research aspect of this thing associated with uh, cannabis. So I think in the future, if things were in the right position, particularly associated with my background in simulation, I would love to start exploring these aspects associated with this particular plant. Unfortunately, it requires very particular circumstances for this to occur. And I've been reading Prop 64 to see, like, if it would even be possible through the framework that's being described through this thing. But unfortunately, it's so convoluted and it's so completely designed. Yeah, very yeah I know. It's just, it's, well, it's that, legal capitalist bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to play that game, then. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, you know, there'd probably still be a, a, <laughs> a market for illegal weed. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how, well, even if it passes or not, you know, who knows? You know? Yeah, it is because, I mean, certainly last time there was a substantial contingent. Uh, everybody thought it was going to pass last yep. time. Yep. And that's what they're saying now, but, you know, uh, there wasn't such an active backlash against the last one, I don't think. Or it was from the usual people. Yeah, it was from the yeah. usual people. Yeah. It wasn't from the way out there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and like I say, I, I really don't know. I'm open to, um, I mean, I can see, I mean, I can see the rationale for, for, for both ways, really. It's just about, you know, which, which rationale are you going to pick? You know? Yeah. Yes. And honestly, I mean, I think Lorenzo's treatment of your perspective was very good humored. And he said, look, this is basically the way he felt about it up to two weeks ago before he'd read various documents and seen you know, stuff online. And, yeah, I think it was – I mean, that was what brought me back to – Well, listen, Lorenzo, I don't know if he listens to this stuff. If you'd <laughs> like to explain – I mean, I'm open to – I'm, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't believe one way or another. This is just where I am right now. Yeah. If you think you could uh, – 
talk with me on Skype for five or ten minutes or three hours if you think that's how long it takes some thick-skulled person like me to get it. Mm. I'd, I'd certainly be open to uh, to being swayed to a strong opinion one way or the other. I mean, because really right now uh, I'm I'm just leaning towards, you know, not going to jail as opposed to all the other bullshit. So. But you're currently there, right? Where? You're well, yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay. And I was okay before that. You know, yes. then I had to buy it through illegal means. It's yes. a lot nicer just going into a store with cute little Vietnamese girls yes. uh, to wait on you. You know, that's yes. awesome. <laughs> I had my hair cut by cute little Vietnamese girls this week, and it was a surreal <laughs> Tom experience. Because firstly, they were student barbers. I spent $7 on this yeah. haircut. Here, yeah. And... They weren't wearing any deodorant, and they stank. <laughs> well, they're only student barbers. Yeah, they haven't learned. <laughs> they, they don't get that until they graduate. Then yeah, they yeah. Their, then they get the role deodorant. deodorant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very like I wasn't sure whether I was witnessing human trafficking. The gentleman who was sitting next to me who had his hair cut next to me disappeared with the woman for about fifteen minutes. Somewhat about my haircut took forty minutes. For just a, a clippers and uh, scissors. Why don't you just go to a real hair place? Well, the problem here is, Heron, that I used to go to this place. It was run by an old Vietnamese woman, and I used to tip her very well. And she called me up and she told me I'm moving locations. The important thing is location. Le- location is just That's opposite a Vietnamese restaurant that I like. So I walk over, get my hair cut, then go to the Vietnamese restaurant, then I walk home. And it's yeah. Lunch that makes time. sense. That's an important yeah. thing to consider. And her new place is two and a half miles away. Which would mean a whole series of other permutations. Plus, yeah, yeah. no, I, listen, you, you know. don't need to justify yeah. it to me. But I'm if, never going back. It, it, it the, makes sense. To I'm you. never going back to the seven buck student. <laughs> One no deodorant enough, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very much a classic Tom Barbelay style haircut experience. Very similar to the time I went to the Black Barbers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Which my spiritual advisor was 100% behind. Yeah. 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 God, I'm so, I, I can't imagine. Well, I, every once in a while I think about letting my hair grow out again, you know, because yeah. it's been years since I've been doing it this way. You could plait it like a monk, right? You could you could make some kind of Buddhist monk. Oh, I could, yeah, remaining, yeah, but then I'd yeah. have to think about it. See, then I, that would become <laughs> one more thing in my life that I yes. have to consider. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just so simple this way. Yes. It's interesting, actually, because b- before my blood pressure halved, my spiritual advisor and actually, well, my doctor and a variety of folk that knew anything about the situation assumed I had a really short life expectancy. Yeah. And it was a very curious situation. Well, how, what was your blood pressure? Uh, well, in order to have a normal blood pressure and a blood pressure that's double, you're talking very high, obviously. Talking like 200 over <laughs> 130 or something. Uh, in that room, yeah, very close to that range. Very close yeah, to that really. Range. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's like not making it through the day. Well, <laughs> they yeah. wanted to put me in a hospital uh, directly, <laughs> <laughs> and mine was at like one fifty over one hundred and twenty or oh, something. Oh no, mine was much higher than yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, they, like I said, they wanted to put me directly in the hospital. Yeah. And I said, uh, no thanks. I'll just go home and lay down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so my blood pressure is the lowest it's ever been in. You know, in life, memory. Yeah. It is actually very strange because it does change. I'm way more like I just feel like I'm some kind of hippie now. 
Really? It really has ah. changed me very... When oh, I first, that's interesting. When yeah. I took it and the original medication about eight years ago... What what drugs are you taking? Uh, I can't remember. It's two drugs. I'm taking two. I'm taking Atenolol and mm. Benazepril. Yeah, no, mine aren't either of those. Okay. Um, the Benazepril, it wasn't Benazepril either. The first lot of stuff that I took was bad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a strange thing, a heart rate. I mean, it really... It's well, heart rate, that's another issue. Well, blood pressure and heart rate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. together. Oh, your, your, your heart rate was high, too. Yes. Yeah. So, having had it reduced dramatically, it's like, this, it's oh, like yeah. the clock on a, a processor, right? It's like the CPU clock on the processor. Yeah. And the heat so, goes down. And <laughs> yeah. It's all very strange. It's all very strange. Yeah. I didn't notice, I don't know if I noticed that much of a of a of a difference you know mm. i mean it scared the shit out of me when they mm. wanted to put me directly in the hospital mm. i mean enough to you know well then i immediately started getting medication for it and it went you know i mean within like a week it was under control you yeah know? with me it took about five weeks to really get it down. Yeah. yeah mine went down pretty quickly yeah i it's so much of it is part of my professional life i mean my ability to be quick-witted and alert and all this kind of stuff is just part of my professional life yeah and now i don't have those things going through me I'm starting to think, like, as I'm an altered person, you know, what does this actually mean in, like, long-term things? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's up to you to yeah. discover and create. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm wearing more tie-dye clothes, and I'm wearing more Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> and it's all very strange. I just feel like a I different I like Hawaiian entity. shirts. I've got a lot of Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. And so, shorts, you know, yeah. shorts and Hawaiian shirts is a great <laughs> costume, man. Yeah. Can you wear shorts to work? No. Mm-hmm. Some do. I'm yet to actually wear any of these Hawaiian shirts and tie-dyes to work. Uh-huh. But I'm working from home a sufficient amount of time that I can actually wear them at home. Shit, <laughs> just wear my underwear when I'm home. I was about to say, yes, ask, yeah, because you live with other people, so it's a different world. I could, technically. In fact, yeah. my, my spiritual advisor and I have discovered a show which I'm not in any way recommending to anyone who listens to Stone Ape, but we have discovered a show called Dating Naked. <laughs> Dating Naked? This is a, a reality TV show? It is a reality TV. It's, it's subtle. Dating Naked. It's subtle. <laughs> you know what is the most fascinating fact about Dating Naked? A majority of the contestants of Dating oh, wait, wait, Naked... Wait, wait, wait. How long has this has been on for, like, years? Has it won any Emmy Awards or anything? For three or? years it's been on. Uh-huh. And the it's first, probably fairly popular, I would imagine. I don't right? know. The first year they mis-censored <laughs> a woman's crotch. In fact, they forgot to censor a woman's crotch. And she sued and didn't win. <laughs> That's the whole point, isn't it? Well, no, you could, no, 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 sorry. If you, you kind of appreciate this is, this is cable television in, in the US. This is not Playboy. This is like blurred body parts. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, my perspective is that really only the contestants see the nudity. The rest of us just see blur. So it's a very, anyway, the interesting point through all of this. A majority of the contestants come from New York City. Some from Southern California, but a majority of the contestants come from New York City or New Jersey. And my perspective is that there is something associated with the psyche of these people that lend themselves to dating naked. In any case, I wanted to throw that out there. It's well, a fascinating you, it's a fascinating program, though, I must add. This is available on the internet. I suppose yeah. I can find this. Oh, it's yeah. called Dating Naked. Huh? Yes. 
it's a German well, version of it. I don't know if I'm up The thing that. about it is that actually the nudity, it's really about raw ego psychology. Oh, yeah. The f- nudity is you're almost irrelevant after the first part of the two minutes. It's not appli- well, it's not even applicable here. You don't see any nudity. Oh, okay. Well, so it's even irrelevant. Well, yeah. but it's clear that they are nude and they're together, though. I mean, that, and yes. that's the issue, yeah. right? It's they're yeah. having to deal with this. Yeah. And they're nude and canoodling. Yes. <laughs> it was one of these circumstances where my spiritual advisor and I were looking for something to watch on television, and it was like, I'd say no, she'd say no, I'd say no, she'd say no. And then we came to Daking Naked, and we just like, why not? We watched two episodes, then I downloaded the entire first and second season on iTunes so we could watch them all without ads, which was a big thing for us. And we spent a good portion of last weekend watching season two. Oh, so you, you, yeah, okay. So, and we so what have you learned from this? We've learned, well, what I found fascinating, it didn't really change my opinion associated with these things. I mean, <laughs> these things, dating nude? No, the, basically <laughs> there is a bar scene which teaches men a set of lines that they use to pick up women. And I mean, you, I mean, apparently they sell, I've heard from a single co-worker at a job in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, okay. So this is a come on to sell men how to pick up women and no, shit, No, 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 right? no, 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 oh. no, 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 no. It's, it's done considerably more like not like neutral rather than explicitly. My point to my spiritual advisor has been these are lines that the men are using that they learn from these pickup DVDs. And almost all the lines that they use are from these DVDs. And my spiritual advisor is just completely, like, unaware, blissfully unaware that these things even exist. We got, we met when we were 24, we got married when we were 26. I pulled her out of the dating market before she'd obviously had the full exposure to this kind of phenomena. Yeah, she's naive. Yes. So it's quite sweet. That is a sweet byproduct of the whole thing. But more interesting is just how simple human psychology is, perhaps just New Yorker psychology, associated with these basic Oh, yeah, yeah. Sex and food, that's about it. (laughs) I mean, I've always been fascinated because I've always thought, and I've found this through dating people from Australia, Malaysia, and the US, that, and, you know, crazy Orthodox Jewish women and a variety of other things, that... Sexual programming and the linguistic mapping of sexual programming is absolutely fascinating. Not enough of this talked about associated with this. In Malaysia, and I'd said this previously, maybe three, four years ago, there was this notion of bosia, which means without a sound. And it was a culture where proper Muslim women in Malaysia would just get on the back of random motorbikes and drive off into the evening, obviously for sex. And this was a culture that the establishment couldn't deal with. The whole nature of this kind of program permiscuity. Well, I mean, so some guy, they, I mean, this, they had, had some arrangement with some guy. And no, he'd they come would by. literally, no, no, they would literally go to these eating places that open in the evenings, like food uh-huh. markets. Bunch of guys would show up on motorbikes. Oh, the and they just would get hop on, on random yeah. motorbikes and drive off into the sunset. Okay. All right. And where was in Malaysia? Malaysia. Yeah. Is that still going on there? I, I don't I may know. get a ticket, you know. I, I dated a Malaysian woman. <laughs> uh, well, she she had left the Bosia culture, let's just say that. And I was fascinated by this, and we talked about it 
extensively because I really wanted to understand what the whole thing was about. She attributed it to... <laughs> well, we, you, how about when I, the hippies? Well, very similar. Except <laughs> it's, it was, about, it's about getting laid, that's what it is. In some regard. But what she described was associated with the images because none of the, the sex was very strange. Like, it wasn't... I mean, I don't know if there's normal sex. Let's just remove the idea of normal sex. It was purely like a one-night stand style thing. Yeah, it's just, let's go fuck. That was based <laughs> Never exclusively... Never see you again. Yeah. Based exclusively on some of the most surreal aspects of American cinema. <laughs> so we went... No, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah so right. So we went yeah, back that sounds through perfectly the reasonable. movies associated with yeah, some what movies... fantasies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which are in no way connected with, like, real yeah, human interaction. Yeah, it's just a, a fantasy yeah. game. It's, well, there's nothing on TV tonight, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's go out and live some. Yeah. Which I found absolutely, pa- I mean, I found absolutely, I found this absolutely fascinating because it was so basic. Like, it wasn't even really difficult yeah. to understand. Well, it, it just shows, to me, just how empty modern civilization has become. Without you know, question. it's just, yeah. you know, people have no sense of history, of any mm. destiny, of any reason to be alive. No, nothing. You know, yeah. they're, they've got a, a dead story that they're stuck mm. with. And yeah, so they that, yeah. latch on to anything, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is the prevalence of religion, right? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, yeah, but see, yeah. that's going. See, that's, the, that's, a, that's been the, the big one for a long time. Yeah. You know, and now that's about to pass away, and there's and there's nothing nothing to replace it yet. Yeah, except Gendo. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Heron, I am not with this world tonight. Unfortunately, I need yeah. to just be pushed into a small pile and reconstituted sometime tomorrow morning when I'm recording a model rail radio at nine a.m. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Well, the temperature on my desktop is ninety-three degrees. Yeah, right? I certainly feel that where I am currently as well. So, yeah, that's enough. We'll talk next week, Karen. Take okay. care. Okay. Good night.